the security in having a lot of listings is huge to them. So as a stager, understanding that, you can solve that problem for them. The Wingnut Social Podcast, Episode 32, Marketing Your Home Staging Business with Marianne Cherico. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the head Wingnut, Darla J. Powell. The J stands for Jethro. And I am joined by NAG, Natalie Ann, Giraffe, the soulless ginger. Hey there, Natalie. No pebbles hair today. No, I combed my hair today. It's still bothering me. And I would like to say for the record that I am here under protest and possibly slight duress because I was promised last episode to go see Captain Marvel and I've yet to see it. Ah, it happens. You know, this has been very important to me. It's been on the calendar twice. This is a priority. Yes, but I heard that it's just a movie of necessity and it had to be done just so it could tie in all of Marvel. So you'll see it. So I don't understand your resistance. Um, Can you produce some more hours in the day for us? (laughs) No. There's my resistance. I am with the resistance or the rebellion. Which is it? I don't know. It's it's those movies you watch. I don't know. How did this end up happening? (laughs) Wait, it's the rebellion. Today, you know what? You are. I have no idea. Actually, there's strength in numbers for you. You should. Yes, be- I know. I am so happy. I hear Marianne's another ginger. She but is. she said she has a soul. Doubtful. Very doubtful. None okay. of you gingers have soul. It's called gingivitis. I'm aware of this. On Look it South up. Park. Look at this. Is what it, oh, I am uh, so glad. I, never, feel a little I never. I never get old for you. This is great. I'm going to feel ganged up on today. Today, wingnuts. We have Marianne Cherico on the podcast, and she actually has a podcast herself. She just recently fired that up. It's called the Home Stagers and Designers on Fire Podcast. Wow, that sounds spectacular. I would love to see home stagers on fire. Oh, wait. No, I, I think that's just a figure of speech then, right? It means like they're doing well. And you want to know how I do the <laughs> resistance and the rebellion. I'd like to know how the hell do I take care of this and what you're just talking about on fire. I, I, I would just, say we mix. That would be a great graphic for you for your podcast, Well, Marianne. if they were on fire, I could put them out. Yeah, true. Because you're you a go. firefighter by day. By day. Yeah. That's my, that's my day job. Although they also call you guys day walkers on South Park. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but Marianne, consider that as your graphic. Just to have like a home stager, like actually on fire. <laughs> but I was a guest on her podcast recently, episode number three, because if you say podcast to me, I, I'm like a moth to the flame. I love a good – oh, flame, another fire reference. I love podcasts. And it's, it's a really good podcast. So congrats on the launch of your home stagers and designers on fire podcast. Marianne, today we're going to be talking specifically about home staging and marketing your home staging business. I know that we've been very specific to interior design and, and they're similar. The genre is the same. Home pros, interior designers, architects, influencers, home stagers, decorators, or as some people like to call us, decorettes. But I digress. We won't go into that. So, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about what we do specifically to market your home staging business. And I think that's going to be an interesting little skew. And I'm sure that some of this stuff will apply to the rest of us, too. And well, the that's where I was getting there, Darla. Doesn't some of the marketing seem to bleed over and you can always learn from another? Mm, blood. 
Yes. Okay. So, so violent. Why are you so well, violent? That's because you have no soul. I have no soul. <laughs> Nor do I have any sleep. So there's that. Oh, you better perk up. Do you need the other half of the Snickers? I had my pre-show Snickers. You ate a Snickers? Half of one. What happened to your diet? Because the other half is going to go for our four o'clock interview. What happened to your diet? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm just asking. Listen, it's, Snickers have peanuts. That's practically vegetarian. But they have chocolate and they have caramel and they have fat. I don't see your pro- I don't see the problem with that. I saved my calories. I worked out this morning with Tahisha. Okay. She worked me out. Carry on. <laughs> we're, we're doing a podcast, Darla. Okay, You're sidetracked. Guys, let me tell you a little bit about Marianne Cherico. Not only does she have a podcast where she sets people aflame, she's also a personal and professional development coach. She's owned and operated a successful home staging business since 2005. Her background includes 27 years in real estate sales and marketing. For 17 of those years, she was on a top producing New England real estate team. Marianne has coached many home stagers throughout the country on how to up-level their business by developing both mindset skills and savvy business strategies. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Marianne Cherico to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Marianne Cherico. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you so much for being our guest this week. Oh my gosh, I love you too, Wingnuts. I just absolutely think the world of you. You crack me up every time I hear you and you have so much valuable information on your podcast. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Wait to hear the intro to this podcast. If you- <laughs> it, gets a, it gets a little wild, a little fiery, but Marianne, I'm so glad you're on this podcast today because I hear that you and I have a little bit in common. What? We could possibly have the same hair color. I, I guess Darla says that I, I believe that we are strengths and not strength and numbers and, and it's like two against one today. I'm I'm very thrilled that you are another fellow ginger, but I hear you have a soul. I speak for the souls. Well, yes. And honestly, I think that it's really important that us gingers stick together. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I tell you, those worldly people, they're mean. Oh, I know. Especially if they're Darla. They say all kinds of mean things. I know. Gingivitis. Hashtag gingivitis what awareness. Are, d- daywalker. What else did you call me? Dear daywalkers. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag gingivitis. Okay. Solace. A lot of those things. Listen, I say this all in good fun and love. It's, it's, you know, I love my ginger more than anything. So, but it is still funny and I won't stop. So. No. I mean, what she wanted. <laughs> well, you what could she get wanted, away with it, Darla. <laughs> <laughs> what she wanted right to now, title. Wait. That's right. And what she wanted to title the podcast. I'm like, did just, did you run this by Marianne? But, you know. <laughs> So we're going to dive right into what we're talking about, because today we're going to talk about the marketing your business for a home stager, and you also are a professional uh, business coach. But what we want to talk about first, what I need to know, because I got to know these things, you know, I like to break it down simple. So just get to the point. All right, Darla, we talk a lot about business and marketing for success. But before we get into it, let's talk about your ideal client. Okay, so... What's a little bit confusing is that in my world, ideal clients are basically the clients that you absolutely love working with. And it's more than just a demographic or a target. It's the ones that feed your spirit, that appreciate you, that pay you on time, that give you the kinds of jobs that you love to do. So think about whoever those clients are that you absolutely love working with and how you can reproduce them. So it's more 
you know, the kinds of clients that you like to work with. When you're talking about marketing, it's a little bit different. But when you're marketing, you always want to keep in mind who your ideal clients are because that would be part of the avatar that you create when you start to really do a deeper dive into your target market, your niche market, and your ideal clients. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. How does that differ, do you think, for a home stager versus an interior designer? Is there like a broad spectrum of ideal client for a home staging business versus a design business? And aside from, or, you know, are they going to be part of my tribe? Or <laughs> Natalie's over there <laughs> yawning. <laughs> She's distracted. No, forgive it. Listen, it, I had a rough night at work. <laughs> yeah, she, she worked, a, she had a late call last night on the fire department. Um, so uh, the ideal client, is that a general thing? Or is it still, if you're a home stager, like an interior designer, decorator, or as I alluded to before, a decorette, <clears throat> are you still just personalizing your ideal client for you? Let me just back up a little bit and explain. So your target market, let's say for stagers, is a particular group of customers that a stager has decided to aim its marketing towards. So let's say that because real estate agents are such a huge opportunity for stagers to get tons and tons of repeat business, that it's real estate agents. So your target would be real estate agents. And then you would kind of niche it down further and you would say, okay, I want real estate agents within a certain area. And then you can even be more specific when you're marketing. Now, what's confusing about that is people say, well, yeah, there's certain threads that all real estate agents have that are important in my marketing. But then when you niche it down, you're going to speak to different subsets of the real estate market differently. So here's an example. One thing that all real estate agents want, unless they're a buyer agent, is listings because listings are like their lifeline. So when you talk about really getting down to the pain points and the aspirations of what your potential clients want, you have to be really mindful of understanding the way that they think, what keeps them up at night, but also what they aspire to become. So real estate agents want listings and even real estate agents that make half a million a year, because I was in that real estate world for 27 years, they are always, they always have this fear mindset that they're not going to be able to fill their pipeline with listings because they understand being paid on commission that if they don't have a full pipeline of listings, which are sort of like money in the bank, that you know, maybe a deal falls apart because somebody didn't get a mortgage or maybe a deal falls apart because the people that bought the house couldn't sell their house. So now all these deals that they had and all this money that was coming in to pay their bills, their mortgage and food and college fees and all that is now not coming in. So real estate agents are very fear-driven about making sure that they are constantly filling their pipeline. So that's something that's pretty much for all agents other than buyer agents, which is a whole different breed. Okay. And how do you how do you speak to that? How do you target that? Well, you want to target the listing agents for staging because those are the ones that are actually getting the listing and they're the ones that'll promote you to the seller to to stage that house. So the buyer agents, I wouldn't worry about them right now. Um, okay. I would focus on the listing agents. And the way that you so the way that you speak to all real estate agents is basically getting down to that pain point. Like literally what keeps them up at night is not making money, right? Like being commission paid and going for months without money coming in. So 
the security and having a lot of listings is huge to them. So as a stager, understanding that, you can solve that problem for them. And the way that I coach my stagers to do that is to teach the agents how they can use your consult, which the agent pays for. All my agents pay for my consults. I would say like 98%. And so what you do is you teach the agent that if they use this consult where you go in and you literally walk through every room in the house with the seller and help them optimize the pictures, you know, tell them what to edit, what things to move around, where they need new pictures, where to get them. And you give them this full consult and report so that it's really highly effective and results oriented. And if the realtor pays for that as part of their marketing plan, it really helps tip the scale. Actually, when they go to compete with other agents to get listings if those other agents aren't offering that because it makes them really stand out. Oh, so that's an expense that the actual agent uses as part of his marketing. It's not it's not on the the homeowner. Yeah. I mean, in my oh, I built my okay. business since 2005 having real estate agents pay for that. And um, I get paid well for the consult, but you want to help to position the realtors so that they really show it as a benefit to their sellers. So you're, you know, partly what you're doing is you're educating the realtor how to promote you, but also how to promote themselves. So you're building this great relationship with the realtor because you're actually showing them how they can get more business. Okay, so I I did, I want to go back just a smidge. Okay, on your website, you talk a lot about using emotion in the sales and the marketing of your home staging business. And you just alluded to it there with the pain point, you know, realtors are awake at night, because they're not, you know, they're afraid they're on commission, they're not going to be making sales. So how do you get emotional with your marketing and relay that message to the realtor that, hey, you know, use me, pay me for my consultation, this service is going to add value to you, your listing and your clients where, where do you start building that you know that she has plenty of emotion darla she's a ginger oh oh that's right oh and how do you do it with the the, the no soul well, I, wait, I'm the ginger with the soul. I complete Natalie. I complete Natalie, darling, not there you. There you go. <laughs> touche, touche. Newsflash. <laughs> All right, well. So it's not about being emotional gushy. It's about really doing a deeper dive. I mean, Seth Godin just wrote a book called This Is Marketing. And he says his tagline is, you can't be seen until you learn to see. And I truly believe that if you really understand who your ideal clients are on a really deep level and what their hot points are and what their aspirations are and how to talk to them in their own language and be authentic and win their win their trust, basically, that they'll hear you because they know that you hear them. It's like Dan Kennedy, who's a big marketer, he says, you have to enter the conversation in your customer's mind, the conversation they're having. So they're not saying, you know, a real estate agent isn't saying, gee, I really want to spend more money and go have a stager do consults for me. Because mm-hmm. I want to spend more marketing money. You know, none of them, they, they have a money scarcity feeling. They don't want to spend that money. But if they think that doing that will help them get more listings, and if they spend three or $400 and they get that listing, that's going to make them ten or $20,000 and up, then they will buy into that. But they have to believe that first. So it's about educating them on how you can actually help them get listings. So, you know, like I told my clients, we just did a coaching session and 
I was going to have them send out postcards. And I said, you know, use language like want to get more listings. Let's set up a coffee date and discuss how I can help you get more listings. Basically that kind of language or want to wow your sellers. Um, so it's not, why aren't you staging homes? It's, it's about you getting the listing. So you're kind of driving the point home that you're really partnering with them, not just saying you are. You know, not just saying, mm-hmm. I just, I want to be on your team. No, you're saying, I want to help you build your business. And I want, you know, to figure out how we can work together to help you get more listings. And not only that, educate your sellers, because when your sellers start going online to look at all the listings in their price range, which they will in their area, and they see that the listings that you have look that much better than all the other listings they're going to want some of that. And part of it is because they know that it's it makes it more marketable. And part of it is because they don't want to be embarrassed about putting their house in the market and people seeing their messy house that doesn't look right. good in pictures. The real estate agents that you work with, will they allow you to show other real estate agents, hey, I came in and did this and, and look what it did for me? I mean, can you... Are you allowed to use any of that as, hey, I've worked with this person, check this out, or are they okay with that? Or is there like a secret code? And it's like anything, you know, it's kind of like, so what I do a lot with those kinds of like the consults, because my model for staging, what I've found works best for me is luxury homes where they're willing to pay for what I do and the consults. (laughs) And it's like kind of, two different markets. So I would market to them differently because, you know, the luxury market, even real estate agents are different in the luxury market than they are in the regular market because they're more project managers. So you're going to speak to that more. I can take that load off of you, right? You know, you, you can let me run with that and it's something you won't have to worry about. So that's more emotional marketing, too, because that's a pain point for them. I can take that load off of you. Just I, I breathe the sigh of relief and I'm not even a realtor. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> when, when you tap when you tap into someone's emotions like that, how do you do it without getting too emotional? Like, or, or too how, mushy. Yeah. Well, how she, much is too much is a much? It's not about, it's definitely, (laughs) it's not about being mushy. Even though I can be a mush ball, it's very strategic actually, because you're not being mushy, but you might, you know, even when you write copy, it's more conversational and it's more about, you know, let's say you're marketing to new real estate agents, which uh, one of my clients wants to really cultivate. And so I said to her, position yourself as somebody that can help that new agent stand out against the seasoned agents, right? Because they have a huge hill to climb. It's really tough starting in the real estate business and building traction. So, Teach that agent how if they use your consult as a tipping point to get those listings to, you know, explain how you're a forward thinking savvy marketer that some of these older agents are more seasoned, I should say, agents aren't doing. They're not as savvy at marketing. And here's another reason why I am because I offer this stager, this professional stager to come in and really help you showcase your house. And here's the statistics. And there's statistics from the National Association of Realtors that you can use to show that, you know, staged homes sell faster and for more money and the perception of buyers, agents, clients, how they view staged homes and all that. So you can support it with the statistics. But what you're doing is you're talking to that newbie agent differently. You're you're saying maybe in an email to them, 
you know, hi, Joe Schmo. I uh, know how tough it is when you're starting in the real estate business. You know, lots of my friends have done this or I've been in the real estate business or whatever. And I know how hard it is to build traction and get those listings. But what if I told you that I have the silver bullet to help you? And, you know, I know you might be surprised and you think, really? But I have a tool that you can use that will help tip the scale to get those listings when you're competing against seasoned agents. And I know that this works. I have a proven track record. I mean, I'm making this up as I go, but you get the idea. Um, And then so you're talking to that newbie differently. You're saying, how can I help position you as a newbie? Now, a season stager, a lot of them, you know, study with coaches like I mean, a seasoned realtor, a lot of them study with coaches like Tom Ferry and um, Brian Buffini, and they want to all create raving fans, right? Their goal now is not about survival like it was in the beginning. I mean, statistically, the ones that make the most amount of money are realtors that have been in the business for 10 years or more. So when you're talking to seasoned agents, you know, they want to brand themselves as the go-to in that area. So they're really all about branding and creating word-of-mouth marketing and raving fans. And what do you think that their clients say about them when they hire a professional stager to come in and really go over and above what other realtors are doing? So it's more about kind of tapping into their ego a little bit. Another thing you you can do emotionally is create FOMO. You could you know, on a postcard, oh, yeah, right? That's a good one. So yep. on a postcard, you could say something like, want to know what the most successful realtors are doing to get those listings? Yeah, for the wingnuts listening who don't know what FOMO is, for that one person, it's fair <laughs> of missing out. <laughs> just, I mean, there might be some people listening to it. Uh, Marianne, let me circle back just a smidge, because you do the consults for the realtors. And there are some where you only you just go in, that's part of the service, you do the consult, move this painting here, paint this color here, please, you know, get rid of the, the dungeon in the basement. <laughs> for, you know, and then that's it. That's the end of that relationship. But you also have some you have mentioned for the luxury homes. And I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that that's one that the consultation would actually um, convert to your full service staging as well or no actually no. kind of sort oh, of okay I always start with a consult because I find that it's you know there's certain things that people have to do even for me to start the staging so I mean I've done 14,000 square foot multi-million dollar homes that I literally did a huge consult on and then I did a proposal so it's two separate steps and I'm paid for the consult no matter what they decide and then I do a proposal for what I think would really get them the best return on investment which rooms to do but they still have to do all those things that I said in the consult because I don't move furniture and um, stuff like that. I hang pictures and do all that. But, you know, I'm not going to move their stuff out to a storage bin or something like that. So they have to get it ready for me. And it might be that I offer them painting colors because it's really dated. I mean, I'll tell you, just because it's a multi-million dollar home doesn't mean that it, it's been updated. Oh, I know. I, I'm well aware. So do most of your consults convert to the full service? And if it not, is that a big deal? Or is it sustainable just to do the consultation as an informational and then, you know, move on with your life? Or how, how would you recommend, let's say there's a, someone out there listening, they want to start their home stager business, or they're a, a newbie, maybe they don't have, 
you know, a warehouse for the furnishings and stuff, and they just kind of want to do the consultations. Is that a workable business model in and of itself? Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of my coaching clients, we all start in staging. We all want to do those big, sexy jobs. And then we realize lugging all that stuff. Like I just did a house um, that it was up two flights of stairs because it was in a condo and this beautiful waterfront home in the water. And but, you know, lugging up two flights of stairs and filling this huge condo, and it's very physically labor intensive. So a lot of my clients are finding that the consult model is really good. And, and to be honest with you, I like either doing those big, splashy luxury homes or, you know, design jobs. I also do design jobs, but I kind of pick and choose. But the consults are my bread and butter. So let's say you charge, um, some of my clients charge not enough. <laughs> I'm working on them. Um, but in different areas of the country, like in Massachusetts, and probably my fee is actually low, but because the agents pay for it and I get such repeat business for them and I've got it down to a science where I usually only spend about an hour at the house and then I follow up with a report. So it's two hours and I charge three twenty five, and I let the agents know that that's a preferred agent discount. So if nice. somebody books me online, it's more. So okay. the reason I do that is because I think it's important for the agents to know that I appreciate their business and that they're getting special treatment. Right. That's I, a, I love that, it. Yeah, I, that's a great idea. Now, let's say you weren't an agent and you were for sale by owner. Will you work with the owner? Yeah. Do you market to buy owner properties at all or you strictly go through real estate? I mean, I, I imagine that would be more of a hit or miss market. All right. I'm going to come clean. Okay. Go <laughs> okay. ahead, Soulless Ginger. Because the truth because I've been building free. my coaching practice and my efforts like 24-7 and I've been working my tushy off have been toward that <laughs> and building my podcast and my Facebook group and my email list and blah, blah, blah. I blah, 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 don't blah, even yeah. have a staging website right now. And because it's all word of mouth right now that I get business. Oh, okay. So... Literally. Well, that's excellent. Yeah. So just imagine what you can do when She's you get too busy. it when you get it all together, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, and there's more hours added to the day. You you're just going to be unstoppable. She's already unstoppable. She's well, on fire. She's on fire. That's right. And when, but when she gets her website, and she just said the truth, she should feel better about it now. She'll get her website up and going, and then we're going to have to have her back and be like, okay, so now that you have all that up and going, how's it going now? Well, and you know, I did have a website, but I took it down because I wanted to redo it and I got so busy You're rebranding. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's- yeah, come on, Natalie, get with the program. <laughs> us, us gingers- I'm in the program. I'm in the program here. <laughs> all right, Marianne, I love what you're saying about all this. this is so interesting and, and I've, I can't wait to talk to my friends who are realtors because I'm just going to bombard them with stuff. She has a lot of them. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but for a designer that wants to maybe trickle this into their services and add it in, what pitfalls should we watch for if we decide if Darla gets some wild idea that she might want to try it, what should we watch out for? Well, first of all, if Darla gets some wild idea, then her and I should just set up a time to talk and I will help her with whatever mm -hmm. she wants. But um, I've had this wild idea already, actually. Well, I uh, this is just, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm bracing myself for what's really <laughs> going to happen. Darla, anytime, seriously. Um, so here's the thing. The reason I don't have to market now is because back in the beginning in 2005, I built my business by building relationships with real estate agents. Now, I was in the real estate world, so that made it easy, but it made it harder on some level because some real estate agents 
probably were kind of threatened by the fact that, you know, they thought maybe I'd take their listings, people that didn't know me. So it was kind of a blessing and a curse. But what happened through the years is that a lot of realtors started using me for their consults. Now, I will say that just to be really clear, sometimes the realtors have the clients pay. And when they do, sometimes they'll say, I'll reimburse you at closing. So if you get pushback on the realtor not wanting to pay because they think somebody's going to you know, sell the house on their own or take the listing away or blah, 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 you can always offer that option. And it still makes them look like a hero to the seller. So what happened because I built relationships with these realtors, because no realtor is going to have you go out and meet their clients and tell them all that hard stuff unless they feel as though you're really going to handle their clients well and represent them well because you're a reflection on them and they don't want the client to be mad about people that they recommend. So this is you know really important. So that's why I recommend that my coaching clients meet one-on-one with the realtors so that they can look them in the eye, get to know them, you know, ask them about their family, just don't make it salesy and then tell them how they can actually help their business. Because I, I really believe that that's right. how business should work. It's like, you know, when people take care of each other that way um, and, and it's genuine, I just think it builds really great relationships. And then to get the design jobs. Um, so what happened was because I was, I won the trust of these realtors, they started recommending me for design jobs, for color consults. They'd, they'd just check with me first and say, Miriam, is this something you do? Oh, yeah. And obviously, if it's on your website, that's even better. But um, I've gotten jobs with New England Patriots because of realtors that I'm aligned with. I've gotten great design Ooh. jobs and they play <laughs> in my hometown. Hello. Somebody's jelly. <laughs> we say they hate us because you ain't us. <laughs> I know. And the dolphins but suck. Wait, so the hard. dolphins were our, our biggest rival this year. I know, right? We did win a game. So there. They were that little play that they had. Let me tell you, we here in New England, you could probably hear our jaw drop. <laughs> I know Wendy Wallacek <laughs> is out there saying, damn you, Darla, because she loves the Patriots so much. Well, Wendy and I are online because everybody else hates us, you know, but Wendy and I are online. They hate us because they ain't us. They're all just jelly. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know what? That's absolutely true. I got to hand it to you. But but Marianne, would you recommend for someone who already has a design business, um, maybe Darla Powell Interiors, to add staging to their services? Or is it just too much of a can of worms? Stick to your lane. I absolutely think that you should add it. I think it's a really, you know, the consults, once you get them down, and I can talk to you about that, between you and I and Natalie. But once you get those down, um, they become very easy to do. They don't take a lot of time. Now, some take longer than others. And it's, but I say, you know, up to a certain square feet, this is what the price is. Because every broker that says it'll only take two minutes, I was just at one today that took two hours (laughs) and 15 minutes that was only going to take about 15 minutes. So, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but that's okay. It all kind of comes out in the wash. And I will absolutely say that I, like, I have gotten some really cool design jobs from building my relationships with real estate agents. So it absolutely can't hurt. And I think the lines between design and staging are starting to become more blurred. And as the business model of interior designers have changed, 
and you know, they've changed a lot in the past few years. This is a huge viable way to make really good money and really still do a great job and be creative and all that. Have you ever gotten a design job from the buyers of the home? You come in and stage for the seller and the buyer was like, wow, who did that? Who is she? I got to have her. Absolutely. They'll call. Even sometimes it might just be a paint console, but you know how much money you can make doing that for your time, right? I love consults. And and because you are also a business coach, I'm sure you would be happy to uh, coach any designers that wanted to add this to their repertoire. Like Darla Powell. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And I will tell you, um, guys, I have been planning for over a year and I started it about a year ago and I started interviewing different designers because my goal is to have a group coaching program for designers that want to add staging services. And, you know, it's not like a certification or anything like that. It's more about how do you get business? And, you know, we can talk about the basics of staging and how it's different than design. But, you know, designers, for the most part, they've been, you know, educated either through the school of hard knocks or hands-on stuff or education. And really all they need to do is learn the basics of how staging is different and how to market. And that's my sweet spot. Marketing and mindset is really my um, sweet spot. Do you do a lot of social media marketing to target realtors or are you still doing print marketing for that? What do you find is more effective, digital or the good old fashioned killer tree? It's funny because, well, (laughs) so what's funny, um, so when I coach my state, now I have a six month coaching program. It's a group coaching program with, with all stages. And the first thing that I tell them to do, and I have, you know, a little more of a strategy to it though, is to meet agents for coffee dates because, you know, you want to go to the quickest way. A lot of them are struggling with making more money and you want to go to the most effective way that you can make money. The most effective way is to meet with somebody face-to-face and to get that one-on-one, take them out for coffee, take them out for lunch and tell them how you can help them and then show them and then offer them co-branded marketing material with the benefits of staging that they can hand out at their listing appointment. I have to reinforce that just a bit because going out and meeting them for coffee, that's actually worked really well for us. I mean, we're not meeting with realtors, but we're meeting with um, GCs, contractors, contractors, meeting them for coffee and our contract that we're in love with that we work. And I just met them on Instagram and, you know, had a meeting with them has thrown us like three or four jobs already. So that, that really is the most impactful way. Basically, what she's saying is she agrees with you. Yeah, I do. But do you do any social media or digital marketing to this end, Marianne? I don't for my real estate. Oh, oh, yes, I do a little bit. And And the reason why I'm telling you what I'm telling my coaching clients to do is because I'm not doing all of that right now because, again, my social media marketing is all... I do tons of it, but it's mm-hmm. all for my coaching practice right, right now. Sure. So, but Sounds one, like you might need some help. What? <laughs> I was kind of thinking that. <laughs> you might need an agency to help you with I, that. Well, we could work something out, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hey, a little quid pro quo. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm all in. I actually just did a staging job for a massage for me and a massage for my mother. <laughs> <laughs> A long massage. <laughs> a little barter action never hurt anybody. Yeah, because, you know, she was like hemming and hawing about it, and I knew she was a masseuse, and I'm like, 
not really hemming and harm, but she just was like, I, I wasn't sure if she sure. was going to. And I'm like, you know what? I really need a massage right now. <laughs> That's the only thing I've ever <laughs> bartered for. But yes, but for real estate agents, first of all, a lot of them are friends. So they see like if I post a listing that I just staged. Now, for I will say that for the consults, I don't post before and after pictures generally because I don't want to embarrass mm-hmm. people. For the consults, if they do a really great job, I'll post the link to the MLS and I'll tag that real estate agent. So it's real simple, right? So I post it on my personal page. I'll post it on my interiors by Miriam Cherico social media page. And I belong to real estate groups. They've let me in in the local area and I'll post it on that as well. So you don't, you don't do the before and afters or you do them anonymously or not at all? Before and afters. For consults, I generally don't anymore. But for like that, condo, I guess you, that'd be harder. Yeah, yeah, that would be harder anyway because you gotta like really stay on top of it and get pictures. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but like for this condo that I did, um, I'm gonna post the before and afters on that because he signed a contract and he did right in the um, contract that I could. I put it as part of it. But for the most part on the consults, I don't. But what I will do if they do a great job and they make me proud, because what the, here's the thing with consults, I can take a house that looks really, really bad and make it look, you know, so much better and so much more marketable. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, it's like putting lipstick on a pig if they're not going to paint the rooms the color that they need to do. And I can't control that, right? Yeah, there's only so much you can do. That's true. If they're not going to take action. Yeah. As designers, we're always asking, what is a budget? What is your budget? What is your budget? Do you get as much pushback from when you tell someone that they should spend five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars and getting their house up and going? So it it will sell and and gain that more in in the market, or do they just listen and do what you say? I think it's really important how you handle the client the minute you come into their home, because usually their arms are crossed, right? And the body language is just, it's really funny. And I'm very attuned into that. And so what I try to do at the beginning is just really explain to them the reason why I want them to walk around the house with me is because I want to be able to explain why I think pulling down that dated wallpaper on that avocado shack rug is important. I'm not, you know, whatever it is that they have (laughs) and how it's going to ultimately help them because, you know, and I'll go into this whole thing about how the way that, you know, when the seller says, I'm not going to take that wallpaper down is too much work. And I look at them and I smile and I say, bingo. That's exactly how the buyer's going to feel. And here's the thing. You've got to think like them. The buyer's thinking, oh my gosh, I just took a week off to move into this house. I am strapped, you know, running my kids around and working and blah, blah, blah. Now I got to take more time off and I don't know what paint color to do. And this wallpaper is going to be impossible to take off. And how much is it going to cost me? I just spent my last dollar on the mortgage. So what they're going to do is whatever it is, they're going to triple it in their head. Time, and energy and aggravation. So what I say to my sellers is if you give the buyers what they want or something that's neutral enough that they can stay there for now and not feel like they have to do this immediately, then that's when you're going to get top dollars. Not just because you want to stick a price on your house that is unrealistic. That makes that makes sense. Absolute perfect. I can even understand that. Natalie, do you have any other um, very insightful soulless questions for Marianne before we go into the what up wingnut round? 
No, I do not. I am glad that we have bonded and I have a new friend. So go ahead, Darla. Well, you know, I've been kicking this around for a while, but I like the idea of doing just the consultations because I don't have a warehouse full of staging furniture and I don't we want don't to rent need a warehouse or do the logistics. Yeah, have no. you not listened to what this is? No, lady no, no. This said. is what I'm saying. That now Marianne, I feel she doesn't listen. I'm, but I'm, I'm going to help you. Listen. I'm saying that even more mm-hmm. because. So when I do my luxury homes, I work with a rental furniture company. And yes, I have invested, like, you know, one of these homes was this big estate that is a different design aesthetic than, you know, I'm in New England, so it's not like the California or Miami design aesthetic in some of these old estates. So I have to kind of blend the old and the new. So I was doing antique, you know, shops and stuff like that. So yes, I did invest in that. But I will tell you, then I rented my inventory back to the client. And because those homes tend to stay in the market longer, you can make some really good money just from that. So they paid Hmm, the rental furniture company direct. I put it all together, right? The rental furniture company gives me a referral. I think I got like an $1,800 $1,800 referral for that. Woo, dinner's on Okay. <laughs> and then the client <laughs> paid, I think it was like 480 a month to rent my accessories. So it more than paid for my accessories. And then I, you know, charged my fee for staging. Plus I had charged for the proposal. I mean, the um, console. Natalie, I think we're in the wrong business. We might be in the wrong business here. Yeah, maybe we should just <laughs> we pivot. Might, we might just pivot entirely. Nah. Let's go to What Up Wing Night. What Up Wing Let's figure yeah. out just a Marianne, little more into her. Marianne, now. you've listened to the podcast, so you know we're, we're pretty bat poop. So are you ready for the What Up Wing Night round? I actually did my homework. Now it's time for What Up Wing Night. Wing Night. Marianne Cherico, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Okay, I would be a Spanish moss tree, which are those beautiful southern trees with all the branches and very organic and wispy and deep, soulful. (laughs) Pretty. And why? Why would you be that tree? I just think it's very romantic and deep and I just think they're beautiful. See, these are these are very deep psychological testing things we're doing here. People think this is silly, but this is really very profound. Like, listen, I just have to prove that I'm not soulless as a ginger. <laughs> oh, you have nothing you to prove. Nothing to prove, really. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? A Snickers bar. Oh, wow. Oh. Then you would love, because that's a snack I had before our interview. Oh. I don't know if that's a bad omen. Is that a bad omen? Maybe I should, I should lay low. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know, right? If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? Okay. So I studied a bunch of superheroes and it had to be a woman. And um, <laughs> I looked up the qualities of Wonder Woman. And one of the qualities that she, superpowers that she has is divine empowerment, stamina, and agility. And I love that divine empowerment thing because that's what I love to do for my clients. So there. You had to look up superheroes. <laughs> I'm a little anal. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God bless you. And you chose a great one. Wonder Woman is, and let me tell you now, with the new um, incarnation of Wonder Woman, she's she's pretty tough. So that was a great I love choice. tough women. Last but not least. <laughs> yeah, she's tough. What book has had the biggest impact on you, either personally or professionally? Okay, so I'm a big, big reader, and I've read a lot of books. I love Jen Sincero's books, which I know you've talked about before, but um, the one I'm picking for this is called Quantum Success by Christy Whitman, and there's a reason why I chose it, because I think a lot of times we hear people saying, you know, you got to take actionable steps, you got to take actionable steps, and I totally 
completely agree with that. But a lot of the things that I find that stop people in their tracks are things that have to do with mindset and the way their energy is aligned. And this is real stuff. It's based on quantum physics and I know law of attraction. I think the problem is mm-hmm. that they people listen to law of attraction. They think of the secret where it was like, oh, you just think about this thing and manifest it and it happens. And that's not what it's about. It's more like the foundation, your inner game, your inner energy, the way that you look at everything because your thoughts create your beliefs, which create your action, which creates your results. So it's getting back to the foundation of who we are being. And that's why I love this book. I 100% agree. And, you know, on the surface of things, there might be some listeners out there who just rolled their eyes and, and threw their crystals out the car window. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it does sound a little woo woo, but it's true. And that reminds me too, you know, when you said quantum, this is how I got into this was quantum mechanics, quantum physics, and the science behind, you know, all this is is really legit. It's, it's there and it's mind blowing. And another book that I love is called, which just reminded me of is Robert Lanza's Biocentrism. <gasps> oh, if you love science and physics, I don't know, but I will. It is mind. It's mind blowing. Of course, I didn't read it. I listened to it on audiobooks because that's how I roll. But I've listened to it like three times. And it's it's real. I'm telling you, seriously, I, I was stoned for like a week, like legit just thinking about this book. It really just changes your paradigm. But it's, it's along similar lines, you know, but just from a scientific standpoint, not a woo woo standpoint, because I'm, I don't I don't really like to be woo woo. But I absolutely 100% believe in that that you manifest your reality by your thoughts, you know, the way you think about things that you're responsible for creating your reality, really, there's no other way to put it. And part of that is literally neuroscience. And that's what is so you can take law of attraction and put it into neuroscience. It's basically your thoughts, create Mm -hmm. your beliefs. So if you have thoughts, that become beliefs, they literally wire neural pathways into your brain. And that's what you default to instead of more empowering thoughts that would allow you to take better action and see better opportunities and all that. And that's just a real simplified way of putting it. Very simplified and 100% agree. And we totally, totally just lost Natalie. (laughs) She's over there. She's looking at me. She's giving giving me me serious, serious side eye right now. (laughs) Well, when you don't have a soul, you don't get into this kind of stuff. Oh, <laughs> good point. Good this point. So this you know true. what? I guess you did prove you have us. You're the one day walker with a soul. The one day walker with a soul. <laughs> there you go. Marianne, tell the wing, tell the wingnuts where they can find you and tell them where they can find your your fiery new podcast. I am so beyond excited because Darla was one of my very first guests. We just mm-hmm. launched the podcast today. Next time we're going to have to get my sidekick over there. <laughs> but it's called... Um, Home Stagers and Designers on Fire. You can find it on iTunes. And also I have a Facebook group for home stagers and designers and it's called Fire Up Your Home Staging Business. So, and my coaching is www.coachingbymarianne.com. All right. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me a guest on your Fiery Flamey podcast. And all those links. Oh my gosh. All those li- links will be in the show notes, yeah. Wingnuts at Wingnut Social. Any, everything that we talked about, the books to um, pretty much anything mentioned here, because Jonathan's pretty good at it, will be all linky linked in the show notes. So check that out at wingnutsocial.com. Marianne, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you as a guest. Thank you. Soul is ginger number one. Yes, I'm always number one.
as long as we're clear with that. We just had our, um, while the files uploaded for Marianne here, before we do our little patented outro, Marianne had a really good point that we didn't, we should have brought up during the podcast. When we were talking about designers who do design who are maybe interested in getting into home staging, here's a fun fact. (laughs) This might turn some of you guys over to the dark side. She says that most of her staging jobs, the house is empty. And the clients and the homeowners aren't there. So she can just, she's just allowed to do whatever her little heart desires and she gets paid for it. That sounds a nice change of pace, right? Sometimes you can just go listen to your talk shows, listen to the Wingnut Social Podcast and throw up some pain and throw a few pillows around and get paid for it. There you go. All right. This episode is airing in real time on March 20th. Yes, it is. We only have- birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Johanna. Johanna Sebastian Designer. (laughs) Poor Johanna. She has lots of names as well. Johanna Mara. Happy birthday to you. She won't listen. She doesn't listen to our podcast, though. She's That's she's okay. very unimpressed. I know. Yeah, okay. I know. What are you going to do? Um, but in nine days, the, the earth is going to shake in Short Hills, New Jersey. There's going to be a loud thundering of designers stampeding to the Hilton at Short Hills, New Jersey on the 29th to the 31st for Luann Live. Hey, sounds like people should go. It sounds like people are going to, and I said stampede. That's a lot oh, of people. Yeah. That's like what buffaloes do and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, okay. it's I not too it. late. It's not too late to get your tickets and come hop on over and see us in real life. We're going to be emceeing the whole dang event. We're going to be bright eyed and bushy tailed for the whole thing. Yeah. Thanks, Luann. <laughs> Start this early and this late. It's going to be a great weekend. I, I haven't been on my feet that long since I was directing traffic. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever on my feet that long. <laughs> Guys, if you want to find out what we're talking about, go to luannlive.com. That's L-U-A-N-N-L-I-V-E.com. And you can check out all the awesome sauce that's going to be two and a half days on those dates of all the learning that's going to make your brain matter squish out your ears. There's going to be so much to help you with your interior design business. When you leave there, you're probably just going to go straight from there to the HGTV studios. That's how famous and successful you're going to be. <laughs> this message is not supported by HGTV. So, guys, we would really love to see you there. Come up, say hi, see what the wingnuts are all about in real life. We're entertaining in real life, I guess, right? I'm a little shy. I'm not going to lie. But Natalie can work it. Work it, girl. And also, don't forget, we're going to be at High Point on Sunday, April the 7th at 2 p.m. with Nicole Freakenheimer talking about how you can get real clients from your social media posts. It's going to be a legit real. And we will have mustaches. You'll see what that's all about when you get there. Don't worry. Don't be scared. All right. I think that's it for this week, Nat. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at me across, from across the room with this look in her eye like, with, what are you? Who are you? Uh, where did you come from? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and who dropped you off and what planet? Yeah, guys, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, we say we were going to um, read reviews. We're going to do that next time. I totally forgot it. Did they leave any? Um, yeah, there's a couple, but I totally forgot it. But we'll catch up on it next time. Uh, follow us on social media at Wingnut Social, uh, universally across all the social media channels. Remember, you can check out the show notes and all these smidgens of greatness here with Marianne Cherico at wingnutsocial.com. And until next time, so long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened.
Can you hear me? Mic check, mic check, one, two, three. Loud and clear. How you doing today, Natalie and Graf? Don't be it's picking okay. on my Natalie. That's right. <laughs> Try number eight now. <laughs> my son's a firefighter, Natalie. My son-in-law. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, oh. awesome, awesome. Is he yeah. a ginger, though? Mm. No, he's not a ginger. Is he a ginger? No, he's not. Oh, thank God. 